and uh, thanks again for joining me. I'm Janie Morris at Transforming Now Together. And given that you're tuning in, you're either looking at this for the very first time or you have been watching and uh, listening as I've been reading chapters from my first book, Against Their Odds, which I wrote in 2014 after having been given the life-threatening um, uh, prognosis in 2012 uh, where I was told that I only had potentially two months to live so if you've been listening to uh, the other chapters thank you um, the reason that I'm doing this of course my book is available it's available in ebook form uh, on app from Amazon as well as my website at janiemorris.com and also the audiobook, the full audiobook, uh, professionally um, created for you. That's also available at Amazon and also at my website janiemorris.com. However, because May 2022 is actually the 10th anniversary of that prognosis of potentially only two months to live, I thought it might be a little bit of fun for me to read some of the chapters from the book myself. Now, I'm not reading all of the chapters. I have skipped some chapters, so you will realize I'm actually about to read chapter eight for you. I've read um, the prologue, acknowledgements, and chapter one and two and three, I think. I have skipped a few. If you'd like to know what is in those chapters, of course, you can uh, get the ebook or, of course, the audiobook. I have limited copies of the hard copy of the hardcover left. If you would like a personally signed copy of the book, please simply email us at info at janiemorris.com and put in your details there, and uh, we'll get back to you of how you can actually get a personally signed copy. We've only got a few of the hard copies left um, of the book. Uh, so without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy as I read from Against Their Odds. And this is chapter eight. My body was protesting. So while my public personality was bright and bubbly, my private personality was still troubled. Not as bad as when mum was alive because I had made some changes. However, I was still not out of the woods, as they say. Someone much wiser than me once said something like, people could survive their natural trouble all right if it wasn't the trouble they make for themselves. The line could have been written for me. I think any intelligent person would acknowledge that if we don't deal with our troubles, they are sure to deal with us. And that was me. So on my part, there was a build-up of neglect that finally accelerated and contributed in part to my downfall. I had come out of retirement some months after my mum had passed away and had re-established my career in my much-loved passion of real estate. And I'm not sure whether that all-day, everyday pressure that my young girlfriend had previously talked to me about that day on the beach was a contributing factor to my downfall. However, I have a suspicion it did. I had started to feel ill too often towards the end of 2010. Things didn't get any better and the following year, unwell was my constant companion. 
not a friend that I really wanted. When I say unwell, it was daily and it wasn't just off colour. I was always lethargic, weary, sluggish, and my body was protesting and not in a quiet way. It was shouting at me to take care, to do something. I constantly had a headache behind my eyes and I noticed that the whites of my eyes were looking tinged, tinted all the time, yellowish. And I remember thinking that if I saw a picture of a model or someone in a magazine where the whites of their eyes were white, I would say to myself, oh, I wish I could have those. And I started actually putting eye drops in my eyes to try and get those nice, bright, white eyes. I saw that as a sign of good health and I didn't look at it all like that. I was worried and confused as I had been pretty lucky, I suppose, in the past with my good health. I've had the same as everybody else pretty much. However, nothing to be really concerned about, although the only thing I did have was way back in 1983, when I was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance with really bad pains in my back. The doctors there injected me with a dye, a contrast dye for an X-ray. And when they did, the pain was unbearable, agonizing, and I screamed. The radiology, radiology department almost shattered with my yells because what we didn't know was I was allergic to that x-ray contrast dye. So I was a very sick girl as a result of that. However, what they discovered was that one of my kidneys had two blocked ure ureters, which are small tubes that siphon urine from the kidney to the bladder. And those blockages were causing the infection, which in turn caused my back pain. I think it was because my mum had always been very health conscious. She was always an active woman until the last six months before she passed away. And so I've always modeled myself on her. Swimming is my sport. That's my favorite exercise activity. I use the paddle boards and kick with them for about 30 minutes. And then I run on the spot and do breaststroke for my arms so they don't get flabby bat wings. I do that religiously and I do yoga every day and I try to eat as healthy as possible. So it was towards the end of 2010 that I started to feel seriously unwell. Things had gradually got worse and worse and there were times when my fears in the dead of the night was as wide as the night. I had been through some difficult times, some challenging times, and during those experiences, I discovered that the test of what is real is when it's hard and when it's tough. I had no illusions this problem was real and it was tough however if I thought it was real then it was going to get a whole lot tougher sooner rather than later. It was midway through 2011 I was feeling okay yet I was struggling with energy and I kept getting a burning sore throat. Our friend who was a specialist was looking for symptoms and questioning my situation to try and determine the best course of action. He told me that from what he could see, everything appeared okay. However, he suggested an endoscopy would help. I was reassured after seeing him and was feeling hopeful we could sort out this constant pain and burning sensation in my throat that I've been having for months. I put my lack of energy and lethargy down to stress because I had been pushing myself quite hard for months and resolved as I left his office to start a liver cleansing detox as soon as possible and increase my exercise regime. A week later, I checked into day surgery for the endoscopy and I confessed to my doctor that I was scared for some reason and I really did think something was going on. I'm not sure why I thought that, although I think it might have been because it was it, it's what people know about themselves inside that makes them afraid or unafraid. 
I squeezed his hand tight and some tears started sliding down my face. You'll be fine, he said. Don't worry, I'll take care of you. When I woke up in the recovery, he was there to greet me and told me all seemed normal and that he would see me in a week. Unfortunately, the symptoms I was experiencing before that surgery remained and every morning I woke up with an increasingly burning throat. By now I had changed how I ate at night and had started a liver detox as well. Unfortunately, my exercise regime wasn't finding a slot in my busy day though. After four weeks after the endoscopy, I said to my friends that I wasn't feeling well at all. I felt I just needed a break and suggested that perhaps we'll go for a holiday to New Zealand for a few days to relax. I remember dreaming of such a trip because I hadn't had anything for ages. I got onto the internet and within an hour, I had booked to go for four days. I called my friends who were delighted and for a day or so I was so excited. However, then the lethargy and the daily struggle to do things overwhelmed me again. I kept telling myself that I would feel fantastic once I got on the plane. At least I hoped I would. That was in August 2011 and the night before the flight was chaotic. I had not had a break for two years, so it was important to be reassured that this was going to be a great rest. So I got everything done, packed everything, was hoping for the best. And as I got on the plane, I looked out the window and thought, ah, it's holiday time. Yet deep inside I was struggling, my energy was low, my throat was sore, and the headache was getting stronger. Stress be gone. Would you like French champagne, juice or water before we take off? The hostess was exuding warmth and gave me a huge smile with a genuine customer service ethic. And of course, I chose the French champagne. Here's to me, I said. I was a lucky girl. The champagne was cold as it should be, yet the taste was horrid. What had happened to my taste buds? I used to love French champagne. And in fact, it appeared to be the only alcoholic drink that didn't give me a headache the next day. However, again, I tasted it and it tasted like vinegar. I had another glass before I landed in New Zealand and my stomach now pained as if it was filled with caustic soda. Our friends were hysterical with joy upon my arrival. Their home was more than I could have imagined. Set atop a cliff in the North Island of New Zealand, this amazing property was complete with guest quarters, infinity pools, seeming to cascade into the ocean below, cabanas filled with fairy lights and candles and the warmth of safety I always felt when I was in their presence. I had brought a case of champagne for our stay and it wasn't long before corks were popping. A fantastic meal had been prepared and we spent hours eating, drinking and reacquainting ourselves with much laughter and love. The next morning was not as I expected. The headache was worse and my eyes were on fire. My throat was completely burning and my stomach was churning over. I couldn't get out of bed and yet I knew my presence was expected downstairs. How could this be when the doctor said there was nothing wrong? Clearly something was. I couldn't understand why no one was listening to me. If the endoscopy showed nothing, then wouldn't you think the further investigation should have been conducted to find out what was making me sick? When I get home, I thought to myself, I'm going to go and see somebody else. I don't believe that what has been done is enough. The next few days were a struggle and despite attempts to relax, the pain was unforgiving and my holiday was not to be. I was upset as well. Not the kind of upset when you hit your thumb and, and a hammer, rather than the why me kind of upset. 
I couldn't wait to get home and on the last day I got worse. I checked into a glorious hotel in Auckland and tried desperately to relax. The sight of Miranda Kerr and her gorgeous baby in the lobby would normally have me gushing at her serene energy and natural poise. However, in this moment, all I wanted to do was crawl into bed. I wondered, perhaps it was pre-menopause. Was this maybe what happens? Lack of energy, insomnia, sore throats, weight gain, I told myself that was probably the case and that I should stop drinking coffee and, you know, just... What crazy stories we tell ourselves to justify our actions. When I got home, I went to see a doctor friend who was not sure about my self-diagnosis of being premenopausal and suggested that I might have a reflux issue. He gave me a liquid and suggested I take it and sent me off to bed. He also said to stop drinking coffee and to reduce spicy foods. He gave me a script for some sleeping tablets so I could get a good night's rest, which I reluctantly took as I'm not one for prescription medications. I gave it all a try and it didn't stop the headaches, the lack of energy or the sore throat. Christmas arrived and the string of social engagements increased. It was great catching up with people. However, it always amazed me the urgency people placed on doing so. Why did it have to be concentrated at this time of the year? Don't we have 12 months in a year? The day before Christmas in the malls was always like Armageddon, which never ceased to amuse me. Chapter eight. Chapter nine is entitled The Silent Awakener. And that, my friends, is where my story really gets deep. Thank you for joining me. As I say, the book is available. You can go to janiemorris.com and uh, get it there. Send us an email if you like uh, a signed copy as well of the limited copies that we've got left. I've enjoyed reading that for you wherever you are in this beautiful, amazing world of ours. I hope you have an absolutely fabulous day. I'm Janie Morris.